Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. My name is Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Rob J. Hayes. Ah, that's me. Uh, I, I'm Rob J. Hayes. I'm author of, we'll go with The War Eternal, because, hang on, which way am I moving there? Our work, our work. If you're watching, sorry, if you're listening on the podcast, Rob is just showing off an awesome War Eternal poster that he has behind him in his office. You can check that out on our YouTube channel if you want to see the version of that. It's glorious by Felix Ortiz. It's very nice. Uh, and our third host, Michael R. Fletcher. Greetings. I am Michael R. Fletcher, author Ooh. of Beyond Redemption and the Manifest Delusions books and some other shit. I love how posh you are today. It's like we've got Michael R. Fletcher from the 1950s. Very English today. <laughs> <laughs> why why don't you ever mention the, uh, what is it, the manifesto? Oh, yeah, because no one's going to buy it, no one's going to read it, because it's not fantasy and no one gives a shit. Ah, you should always mention it. Okay. I, I also like this uh, uh, as well. real world thriller called The Millennial Manifesto. It's a fucking fantastic book. It's like, uh, the hell's that guy's name? It's like Tarantino did a couple of lines of coke and then smoked crack and wrote a novel. That is an mm-hmm. amazing pitch for it. It's brilliant. What's go it about? Buy it. Yeah, go and buy it. One friend read it and said, dude, if anyone reads this, there will be rioting in the streets. <laughs> no one's read it, so there's been no, no rioting. Apart from wow, your friends okay. who weren't rioted in the streets alone. Yes. Just one person out there with their placard waving it at the sky. This is a riot! <laughs> Police officers, sorry. Legally, you need more than one person for this to be called a riot. <laughs> this is just this is just someone being a dick. This is The actions riot. of a lone oh. man um that's cool okay yeah check that out that sounds cool so that's the millennial manifesto right that's right yeah it's about millennials um rising up and waging war in corporate america interesting it's corporate terrorism okay brilliant idea there you go all right this is you heard it here first the new political movement of the 2020s Took me a while to figure out what decade we were in there. Uh, anyway, today's episode topic uh, comes from a, a listener question from one of our patrons. Comes from Marcella, who asks, uh, "How do you handle confusion about your world building? How much reader failing or handholding is acceptable to you?" 
So I guess the kind of way to think about this Patreon question is to what extent do you kind of throw your readers into the world building for big epic fantasy world versus hold their hand while you teach them about the intricacies of your world building? Who wants to sort of take the first bite at this question? Yeah. Right, we got them. Um, yeah, uh, okay. Well, I I tend to prefer more of a sort of like throw them in the deep end type thing um, because I feel that handhold to, to really handhold um, a reader through your, your world building requires quite a bit of exposition. Um, and I don't particularly like give, doing like whole sections of exposition. I prefer to, to have the world like bleed into the page just from character interactions and maybe a bit of internal monologuing and and you know all sorts of stuff like that so i find that the best way for me to handle it personally is to drop the reader in the in the deep end but in ways that are intriguing to them so you know i might i might mention like here's this little bit of uh, this little tidbit about the magic system sort of thing and you know i won't expand upon that so at that point it's like okay what's going on there but it's enough that the might you know tease your interest so you're like Ooh, i want to know more and then as the book goes that's one of the extra sort of like things that i'll just i'll add more layers upon to, to help explain it to its fullest it's like okay so you 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 start with the bare bones and and then then you add a bit of sort of like you know musculature and then maybe a few organs and then you know by the end of it you've got the skin and then you've got a full human being Didn't realize you were a biologist. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with Rob. Uh, I'm in the throw him in the deep end camp. I think handholding is uh, is awful. Um, I will add, though, that I cheat. And I'm all about the cheating. Uh, So the two ways which I have caught myself cheating and which I can't do for the next books because it'll be predictable. uh, One start with a character who wakes up and has no idea who they are and doesn't remember anything about the world, <laughs> a la Blackstone Heart, which means now the reader is forced to learn about the world as the character does. It is a brilliant technique. Don't do it. It's mine. Uh, yeah, you're certainly technique. the first person to ever discover that am, technique. For sure. I am the first. It will never be done again, at least not as well as I did it. Uh, the second way I cheat is um, not quite exposition, but um, chapter epigraphs um about the world but it's never just it's never um just explaining something it's always an oblique uh way of sort of showing the world uh little philosophical quotes uh educational treaties uh political rants of you know off-screen characters it's basically just sort of helping make the world seem much larger than what the uh, the reader is ever going to see you know, you'll hear about other parts of the world and wars that went on in the past and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But it's never like a direct, oh, and this is how this works, because that's exposition, that's handholding, and it's boring as shit. Yeah, I think... Be careful with epigraphs, though, because uh, when your book's sort of 30 to 60-odd chapters long, it's a lot of work. It is. Having to write a whole extra book just for the epigraphs. Yeah. I know with um, Beyond Redemption, with the Manifest Delusions books, they all have epigraphs. Um, and so I'd, I'd have the, I'd get my number of chapters. I'd have a sec- separate document for epigraphs. Um, and a lot of them are, are written intentionally to sort of um, hint at shit coming down later. 
mm. sort of to prepare the reader. Like uh, there'll be like a little bit talking about like how a specific delusion works. And that, that, will ha that has to go much earlier in the document than in the book than in, you know, when the reader actually runs into that. So I'd, I'd write all my epigraphs separately and then sort of port them into the main document uh, piece by piece, sort of picking and choosing where each one went. Uh, that worked much better than actually trying to do them on the fly. Mm, and that's so another you do way of isn't it? Yeah. And then you can kind of like structure them throughout the whole story as well and rearrange them appropriately. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense rather than... Yeah, so like if yeah, I write a, a chapter that's about sociopaths, hmm. um, while I'm, you know, either while I'm writing that chapter or when I finish it, then I will write the epigraph for that chapter, sort of the epigraph talking about what happens in that chapter, but put it much, much earlier in the book. But they get scrambled around a lot, like moved. Sure. So I might just come to the defense of the handholding route for world building entry now for a little bit. Because um, I think handholding probably has like a bit of a, a negative connotation to it, but I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with the approach of easing readers into your story if you want. And I think a couple of ways that you can do that without it being boring or uninteresting is to kind of start at a smaller scale than what your story will eventually build to. So if you're doing this story that has, let's say like 10 different magic systems in it, all these multiple nations warring each other, you totally could just start with, you know, a battle scene that is showing all of that in its all in its whole epic scale. Or you could start with, you know, a couple of characters in a smaller town, sort of just exploring, you know, one aspect of the magic systems throughout your story. And by no means is that like necessarily handholding in the sense of you have one character being like, as you know, Bob, when I drink this serum, it gives me the super strength to hurl these bricks across the village square. But it allows you to you know, kind of teach readers how your story works in a way that is not going to put them off and is going to like intimidate them with the mass of complex magic systems that you've created. Um, and you see this a lot in like particular, you know, sort of cultivation progression fantasy where it starts off with, here is the first building books, block of power. There's always a teacher teaching mm, the student about the magic system. And the teacher literally just explains it to the student i mean that is that's handholding that's just the, like yeah you know like if well, you to be honest this metal this is what happens and this you can is... do this and it'll last for this long mm. do you it's, have it's it it's the same though it's the same as you do with a character who wakes up and doesn't know who they are or anything what you're basically doing is you're having a character who is unknowledgeable who uh, acts as a sort of a, a substitute for the reader. That mm. character has to have things explained to them so that the reader knows. Yeah, it's I think one way, yeah, one way or another, it can be a really useful tool to have a character who is curious about the world, whether that's because they are amnesic and they need to figure out where they've come from, whether that's because they are a young student and they want to learn how to master specific abilities, or whether it's because they are already an experienced character, but they... Uh, doing some detective work and they're trying to investigate things like if you're one of the few people who have seen this niche tv show called squid games you might know that there is a police officer in that and i don't think the show functions without it because that police officer is able to investigate things about the machinations behind the games that you wouldn't see from the perspective of 
the characters. And that's why you often see in books some sort of character who is doing detective work, is trying to investigate things. And their function is, you know, to first of all, make you interested in unraveling those mysteries. And then also it's a way to provide exposition that isn't just for the purpose of exposition. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that's coming up with trying to avoid the negative downsides of handholding is your exposition shouldn't just be there for the sake of exposition. It should be doing something else. So if you do have a teacher who is training a main character in how to use the magic system, hopefully that's also doing something with their character arts. Hopefully it's building the conflict of the story. Hopefully it's kind of developing the relationship between those characters. And it's not just, you know, a 20 page essay on here's how all the magic systems work and here's all the different races in this world, blah, 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 blah. Would you guys like agree with that, do you reckon? Or do you think there's nuances that I'm missing? I would say there's always different ways to do it. Personally, I, I would agree. Um, I, I tend to dislike long periods of exposition um, within books. I don't feel that they often work. Um, with the occasional exceptions, such as Expositernus. Um, I know Dirk isn't here, but uh, he, he does a lot of uh, exposition in his Paternus books and somehow makes it work. Sure. He breaks rules. Um, yeah, that's just the thing. If, if you do it well, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, I mean, you so, can just brutally handhold, explain everything, but if, if it's done right, if it's done really well, no one cares. Very true. There is no one way to do it. There's no you know perfect way to do it. It's part of the 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 the, the joy of it. You've got to find the one that's right to you. I, this is like the the one bit of advice our show comes down to every time, which is find what's right for you, the right way to do it for you. Yeah. Yes, you can try and base it on what other people are telling you, what us fools are trying to you know impart our knowledge and all that lot. But the reality is, it, it's it's got to be personal it's got to be you got to find the way that works that, that that works for you that you can you can do and you can do well yeah and you have to find it for each book because oh, you find yeah. that thing that works for you for that book and then the next book you'll be like shit that, that's not going to work here and so you have to find it again yeah like what yeah. you found fletcher like with the last two books having used the kind of amnesic character trope discovering more about themselves now you've realized can't pull that trick a third time. People will see it coming. Yep. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I think Rob, the quote that kind of sums that up really nicely is uh, one of my favorite Bruce Lee quotes, which is absorb what is useful, discard what is useless and add what is specifically your own. And really we could probably just like have our podcast is 10 seconds and it's just that. And yeah. that's, that's just what we play every week, the same quote. Because yeah, I think that's what it comes down to with every bit of writing advice is Here's some thoughts. Do yeah. they work for you? Great. Do they not work for you? No worries. Find something else. Do they sometimes well, I think work? That's for you? It. It's, Go for it. Yeah, we're, we, we, we like to call ourselves a writing advice podcast. But what we're actually doing is we're saying, look, these are the tools that we use. Mm. Um, that, you know, that these are the tools that we use. They work for us, but that doesn't mean they're going to work for you. So here's right. another set of tools that you could possibly use. These ones might work for you. You might use to use need to use some of these tools and some of these tools, but these tools, they're all trash. Um, that wasn't me specifically pointing at Fletcher there. <laughs> I thought you were pointing at me, so we both feel judged. Ah, <laughs> uh, this tool is trash. <laughs> Take it back to the hardware store. So uh, I'll tell you what, name. I'm... 
I'm constantly surprised by how similar me and Fletcher's uh, processes are, actually. Fair enough. Yeah, you're both the chaotic monkeys of this show. Me and Dirk over here trying to outline things, trying to come up with formulas, putting things in spreadsheets. And you guys are like, oh, we just vibe it up, man. Yeah, yeah. not just... this time, this next project. I like, I got 15,000 words of more of world building. I'm going to plot out every single fucking chapter before I start writing. Uh, and because I've never done this before. Uh, I'm awesome. actually, and this is insane. I have broken the book into, and no one's done this, is totally original three acts Whoa. Whoa. this is and a game changer I'm figuring man. out what the main thing for each act is it's crazy unheard of i'll report back level. later when it's done and let you know how brilliant it worked out or maybe dear god out. yeah you're such an innovator <laughs> i know it's <laughs> this is unique i think this could change the face of storytelling forever imagine three acts of structure that has been outlined carefully Mm-hmm. I mean, Incredible. next thing you know, you're going to be saying that you've got a hero who goes on a journey. No, a hero's journey, perhaps. Well, I'm, actually, that that's good. I might use that. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay, Fletcher is is truly truly breaking new ground in the writing world. Um, that that is remarkable. Um, do we have any other last thoughts before we wrap up uh, this response to Marcella's question? The Marcel Marcello Marcello Marcella. One of our patrons, oh so be nice to them. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. I'm genuinely. I, there's the Italian version where your C's often are ch or they hard. They turn into a K. I'm just wondering if you're butchering somebody's name. We can talk about that for half an hour. We can talk Ooh. about that. <laughs> I love hey, the way maybe that's a good... just flipped it there. Yeah, that it's was like, well done. You know, well Jed goes in for a punch and 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 Turns out he's brushes it aside and uppercut. Fletcher takes the punch and flips me over his back. That's actually probably not a bad idea is when you do send in a listener question, if you want to like just sort of send in the pronunciation of your name as well, um, that'd be super handy. And then that way I'll get it right. We can have conversations like this where we murder it for five minutes. For sure. For sure. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, do we have, (laughs) do we have any other last comments on this kind of topic before we wrap up this episode? I think we're good. We have solved it. Absolutely nothing else to discuss on this topic. <laughs> we nailed the topic, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to, to kind of um, hear from, from you listeners and, and watchers actually, like what extent of kind of hand-holding versus throwing in the deep end do you like when you're reading your stories? Do you like things that kind of ease you into it a bit? Do you like things that just throw you in the deep end? Um, let us know in either the comments below if you're watching on YouTube or... If you're listening to the podcast, you can email wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com, um, which that email is also down in the show notes. Uh, oh, and also if you are on Spotify and you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, they have a new feature where we can add polls to the episode and we can get like feedback from all of you, which is pretty cool. Um, not sponsored by Spotify, just mention that. Um, feedback, these guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are we sure we want this? yeah exactly um no i think it's cool uh so yeah i'll add if you are listening on spotify do just scroll down and see if there's a poll down there that is asking this question um and hopefully i remembered to add it (laughs) only you can find out um but yeah anyway that's uh, a good place to wrap up this episode thank you marcella for sending that question in special shout out to our high tier patrons uh daniel and christopher if you want to help support the show on Patreon and get priority question access to the show, uh, please head to patreon.com forward slash wizards, words, and the link to that is also down below. 
Thank you everybody for watching slash listening to us nail yet another writing suggestions topic because we're not writing advice as Robert said. We are writing suggestions. Um, and we we're just you presenting you with time. all of our tools. That's it. <laughs> but, but in a non-filthy way. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it. Mind out the gutter. Um, <laughs> and on that note, that has been another episode. Thank you everybody for watching or listening, and we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Troll. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.